Hello and welcome to RAGBRAI 101, a Just Go Bike production hosted by me, a.k.a. Murph from the Murphology Podcast. This is the podcast where we explore everything you might want to know about RAGBRAI. This seven-day tour is the oldest, largest, and longest recreational bicycle touring event in the world. That's right, the world. There's no right or wrong way to do RAGBRAI. The goal is just to enjoy it. If there's something about RAGBRAI that you find intimidating, you're probably not alone. This podcast will explore, research, and provide you with the basics to help you enjoy your first RAGBRAI and hopefully many more in the future. Now a quick disclaimer, I'm not a medical professional and don't intend to make any medical claims. Seek advice from your medical professional before attempting a tour such as RAGBRAI. So if you have a RAGBRAI 101 question, call the RAGBRAI 101 hotline and leave a message. The number is 1-515-303-0385. That's 515-303-0385. Or email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com. So let's get started with our question. Hi, uh, this is a question uh, from Jean about free water. Will all the towns have free water to fill water bottles? I'm thinking of the horizontal pipe with the holes drilled in. If the towns have them, is it always located at the exit from the town? Thanks. Hey, Ragby 101. My name's Tony. I'll be a first-time Ragby rider, and I just wanted to know what the vegetarian food options are like on the trip. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for calling in, Jean and Tony. On this episode, I'm going to talk about both food and hydration. So first up is hydration. Drinking enough water is pretty important to a successful RAGBRAI experience. You've probably heard the saying, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. Well, July in Iowa is well known for both heat and humidity. It's pretty common for temperatures to be in the 90s while we're riding across the state. And then when you add in the humidity, it can feel even warmer. I'm sure you know that the way your body cools itself is by sweating. And for the sweating process to actually cool you off, the sweat needs to evaporate. While you're out riding, the air movement you create will dry your sweat and give you the feeling that the temps are a little cooler than they really are. But then when you stop pedaling, you'll most likely find yourself a sweaty mess in a matter of minutes. The good news is that your body is working hard to cool you down. But the bad news is you may not realize how much fluid you're losing throughout the day. Rehydrating before you feel thirsty is key, so be sure to carry a water bottle or two on your bike. You can buy bottle cages at your local bike shop that attach to your frame so the bottles are accessible between towns. Something to think about is that we lose water but also electrolytes when we sweat. So it's important to replace both of these throughout the day. You may even notice once your sweat dries that you have white stains on your jersey. That's sodium in your sweat. Adding an electrolyte-infused drink mix to your water bottle can go a long way in bringing your fluid and electrolyte levels back to normal. You can buy small packets of powder or tablets that come in small tubes, and you just add them to your water. My favorite is a brand called Noon, spelled N-U-U-N. You can buy it online, or most bike shops carry it as well. Hammer Nutrition makes electrolyte pills called Endurolites that also work well. These are just two brands that I've personally used, but there are many brands out there. You can also find sports drinks like Gatorade or Powerade 
available for purchase in almost every town along the route. As far as availability of water, you'll have many, many opportunities to fill your water bottles. As Jean mentioned when she called into the hotline, a lot of the towns create a makeshift water filling station using PVC pipes with dozens of little holes in the pipes for water to flow through. Typically, these water filling stations are about waist high and they attach to a fire hydrant or they are near the fire station. So the actual location of these will be different in each town we go through. And there'll be towns that do not do this. But rest assured, there will be plenty of vendors in the towns and also out along the route selling water. Typically, they're only a dollar or two per bottle. And a tip for you, if you're experiencing muscle cramps from dehydration, pickle juice contains electrolytes and will help you get back on track. I do not know if they'll be on the route this year, but in years past there was a vendor at the expo and out on the route each day that sells little tiny bottles of pickle juice that are well worth the cost if you're suffering from leg cramps. I think their company name is just that, Pickle Juice. I remember one year I bought about a dozen of these little bottles while at the expo. They do not need to be refrigerated, so each day I'd grab one or two out of my gear bag and put it in my bike bag. Speaking of dehydration, signs you're dehydrated include headache, lightheadedness, increased heart rate, or your skin becomes dry and less and less elastic than usual, meaning when you pinch your skin, it doesn't bounce back into place like it normally does. And check your pee color. As the body becomes dehydrated, there's less water to dilute the waste products, and the urine gradually becomes more concentrated and darker. So the darker your pee is, chances are good the more dehydrated you are. If you start to feel dehydrated, find some shade, get some rest, and drink those fluids. My hydration strategy while on RAGBRAI is to drink water and electrolytes for the moment, but also more importantly, drink for the next day. Don't put yourself in danger because you're not drinking enough fluids. And the temperature, the wind, how far you're pedaling, and the previous day's events will determine your need for fluids. So Jean, to answer your question about whether or not filling stations will be on the route, it really will depend on the town and if they had the resources to create the filling station. I hope we see a lot of them as we tour across Iowa because it's a pretty cool idea. It's a great way to accommodate a lot of people wanting water and it doubles as a quick way to cool off by splashing water on your face or soaking a bandana to drape around your neck. Okay, on to food, and thank you, Tony, for calling into the RAGBRAI 101 hotline. I'm going to talk about all kinds of food on the route, but first I want to address Tony's question about vegetarian options. Well, Tony, I am also a vegetarian, and let me tell you, vendors have come a long way when it comes to offering riders vegetarian options. My first RAGBRAI was in 1997, And I am pretty sure most days all I ate were sandwich buns and desserts because that was all I could find. Now, really, I don't have any worries about finding vegetarian options throughout the day. With that said, you may want to prepare yourself mentally for limited options because you really don't know what's available until you arrive and see what choices you have. In recent years, I have enjoyed veggie pizza, fresh bean burritos, all different kinds of pasta, tofu options, and so much more. 
Many vendors in the lunch meetup town and also in the overnight town are preparing your order right in front of you, so you have the opportunity to ask for meatless options. And at least in previous years, many vendors have vegetarian options listed right on their menu. So a bit about vendors. Vendors can be local nonprofit groups. They can be local restaurants who bring their menu on the route. They can be Boy Scout or Girl Scout troops, VFW posts, church groups, you name it. Ragbride does not seek out vendors or make decisions on who goes where. And they don't make any money from vendor sales. So your money goes directly to the vendor, and many vendors are using their money to build a new playground, buy new equipment for the fire station, or whatever their community needs. It's definitely a major economic boost for these towns. Well before we ride across Iowa, the volunteer committees in each town decide what vendors they will have in their town. So with that said, you may or may not find your favorite food every time you stop. Small communities may not have existing restaurants or resources to offer a lot of options. In addition to local vendors, there are many out-of-state vendors who return every year and are well-known and loved by riders. They set up daily in the lunch meetup town and also the overnight town. And if it's like in years past, you will have a nice variety of things to eat. You will find big vendors along the route during the ride as well. A lot of these popular vendors will scope out the route ahead of time, find a sweet location between towns each day, and connect with a local farmer for permission to use their front yard to set up. These vendors even post signs along the route to keep you motivated to find them. Mr. Porkchop is one of the most popular. They are on route each day and have a big pink bus that will usually be sitting at the top of a hill and you will see the smoke from the corn husks and smell the chops before you arrive if the wind is blowing just right. They also set up pink signs that tell you how many miles you need to ride until you arrive at the pink bus. As I mentioned, I do not eat pork chops, but Mr. Porkchop has multiple vendors that travel with him, so there is still good reason to stop. The sassy lemonade slushies are my favorite. They are ice cold, and for a few bucks more, they will add vodka if you want. So with all this food, be warned, you may actually gain a few pounds riding ragbri, and do not forget to eat at least one piece of homemade Iowa pie. The town of Lytton is a stop on day two, and they claim they have America's best homemade pie. I tried a piece of their apple pie when we rolled through Lytton during the pre-ride a few weeks ago, and I can confirm it was delicious. As far as cost for all this food, it's not unusual to spend up to $35 per day on food and drink. Be sure to bring cash because many vendors do not have the ability to take credit cards. And when you see a sign that says, Official Ragbri Vendor, these are vendors who have completed the proper paperwork and have been inspected by food inspectors. So if you can spend your money with these vendors, do it. They may even offer a small discount if you show them your wristband. One last thought, even though most of the time food is available when you need it, I would highly recommend you carry some sort of high-energy food like some nuts or a granola bar on your bike for those just-in-case type moments when you need a boost. And of course, if you have special dietary needs, it will be up to you to plan ahead. Pack your own food on your bike, find a grocery store in town, or if you have a support driver, they won't be able to find you on route, but they can meet you in the meat town and bring you lunch, and of course again when you get to camp. So that's a wrap. Tony and Jean, I hope I answered your questions. 
And if you see me on the route, please say hi. Tune into the next episode of Ragbri 101 to hopefully get you ready for your first Ragbri. If you have a Ragbri 101 question, call the Ragbri 101 hotline and leave a message. The number is 1-515-303-0385. That's 515-303-0385. Or email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com. Now get out there and go for a ride.